Babes in Melbourne or babes willing to get to Melbourne, this is your lucky day. In this episode, I'm sitting down with the creator of one of Melbourne's biggest spiritual events, Soul Star Festival. And we have decided to pair up and do a last minute giveaway where we are giving away a ticket to Soul Star to one lucky listener of the collective podcast. To enter, all you need to do is leave a five-star review of the podcast, screenshot it, and send it to me via DM at Tay Ray Official. That's it. The winner will be drawn at 12 p.m. Australian Eastern Time on Saturday, February 29th over on my Instagram stories. Now, if you've already reviewed the podcast, but you want to be entered in this giveaway, it's all good. I've got you. Just go and find your review, screenshot it and send it to me via DM and I'll pop you in the draw to win as well. Seriously, this is an incredible event held annually with speakers like Lola Berry, Johnny Pollard and JP Sears. It's a whole day of energy healing yoga, meditation, breath work, chakra dancing, group healings and so much more. So if you want a free ticket to go, make sure you go and enter to win one now by leaving your five-star review over on iTunes and sending it to me via DM. I am so excited to announce the winner soon. Welcome, my love, to The Collective. The Collective is you, it is me, it is every woman. Raising the vibration of the fucking planet as we show up, step up, and serve the purpose we were put here for. My name is Taylor Ray. I am the queen of blending the woo with the work, and I'm going to show you how to do just that. I'm an entrepreneur, podcaster, speaker, and spiritual business mentor, and I help visionary women just like you build online businesses so they can have the impact they are here for and call in the abundance they are so worthy of. Get ready to become unapologetic, abundant, and aligned as fuck because the universe has put you here in divine timing, and you're exactly where you're meant to be. If you love this podcast, but you're not inside of my free Facebook group, The Collective with Taylor Ray, then what are you doing? You need to pause this episode right now, head to the link in the show notes below and come and join us over there. Seriously, The Collective Facebook group is the extension of the podcast and it is where visionary women head to rise together, to build their online empires, to have the impact they are here for and to call in the income they are so worthy of. It is the place that you can get extra support from me. I do live Q&As over there. You're with thousands of other girls who are all on beautiful high vibe journeys alongside you. And seriously, it's just this beautiful space for collaborating, connecting and raising the vibration of the planet. So if that sounds like your jam and you're not already in the group, search The Collective with Taylor Ray over on Facebook, or you can head to the link in the show notes below. Now, in today's episode, I am sitting down with the creator of the Soul Star Festival, Bryony Goldsmith. Bryony is a fellow Melbourne babe, just like me. We were actually connected by one of our beautiful friends, Jessica Reed, who's actually been on this podcast. She's episode 111. I know, very divine. And if you want to go and listen to that episode as well, it's a good one. But Jess is actually the connection between Bryony and myself. That's how we met. And we decided to take it to the podcast podcast so that you guys could tune in on our conversation. Bryony is a Melbourne-based nutritionist. She has a bachelor degree in health science and in nutritional medicine, and she's an intuitive empath and channel with a passion for energetic medicine, whole foods, and wellness. Now, Bryony decided that she was so passionate about all of this beautiful stuff, and she thought that, how can I bring this all together? She decided that it became her mission to combine a love of design and interiors with holistic health and spirituality by creating sacred healing and learning experiences set in beautiful boutique spaces. And that is the exact thing that she created, that she manifested, that she brought into her reality as a part of her Soul Star Festival, which she holds annually here in Melbourne, my hometown. So I'm super excited to share this interview with you and definitely want to hear your favorite parts as you're listening along. So make sure you do screenshot and tag me in your Instagram stories at Tay Ray Official. Now let's dive into the interview. Brani, my love, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited that we're finally doing this. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. 
It's going to be epic. So a little bit of background to me and Bryony. We were actually very divinely connected through a friend of both of ours who's actually been on the podcast, Jessica Reed. A little shout out to that gorgeous little clairvoyant. She brought us together in real life here in Melbourne and we just connected so much and had so many just aligned ways that we showed up and what we do and what we believe in. And look, it just had to happen. We had to make it happen on the podcast. And so I'm so excited to have you here on the show and to share your light and your wisdom and all the things with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I just was running around my house making sure my phone was off, but oh, that's okay. I'm so ready. <laughs> No stress. It doesn't matter if there's like little things going on. Truly, it's life. It's all good. And the message will always be heard. So don't stress. But my love, for those that don't know you, give us a little bit of an intro to who you are, what you do and how you show up in the world. Uh, well, I am I'm a qualified nutritionist and meditation teacher. Um, but my business is Soul Star Events. So we create um, spiritual and uh, boutique spiritual and wellness experiences. So our festival is called Soul Star Festival. And I also have another event called Soul Market. Um, I've done lots of other events from different names as well. Um, but they all have a similar theme that they are boutique conscious um, wellness spiritual experiences, mm. essentially. Love that. And this is why I'm so excited to get you on and to talk about this. We we don't haven't really had, I don't think, too many guests coming on and speaking about things from an event-based perspective. Um, and so I love like diving into that world. So how did that come about for you? How is this something that you got into? Weirdly, well, it's not weirdly, but um, I was doing a radio show a few years back. Um, it was a community radio, radio show and I was interviewing lots of different people in this space and I started to become very interested in interviewing you know psychic readers and healers and everything like that and I ended up speaking to a sole purpose reader and funnily enough we never got to do the interview um, because I stopped doing it before her website was ready but she started to tell me what she did and I said wow I really want a reading with you so her name's Kate Williams and um, we did a reading and she basically saw me putting on all these events like I do now. And when she said that to me, I remember saying, well, it sounds like my ideal job, but I can't imagine it. So um, it probably took still a few years until I did do my first event, um, but it kind of went out of my head. It wasn't something I really ever thought I was going to do. I didn't have an events background. Mm. And basically, I had a girlfriend that was in events. She had her own events business and we were both loved this space. And we decided that we wanted to put on a dinner. And this dinner just got bigger and bigger until it became a festival, essentially. Um, so it felt like we threw a little small you know, snowball off the mountain and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger until it was an avalanche and it was like we were just chasing it. So it just was one of those things where I saw JP Sears um, at Byron Spirit Festival and I thought, wow, he's so amazing. I'd love to have him as a speaker. So I, um, I contacted him. He asked me to do a proposal and obviously had to pretend like I was bigger than I was because we'd never put an event on. And he accepted that proposal. And the next thing you know, we've got Lola Berry and we've got Johnny Pollard, who's from One Giant Mind. And yeah, it's, it, just, it just became bigger than what we originally thought it was going to be. And my business partner, um, Lauren, she sort of just helped me with that first event. And next thing you know, I'm doing it on my own. So wow. it's just been a bit of a journey. It wasn't something I, if I sort of thought to myself, oh, I'm going to put on a festival, I never would have done it. I never would have thought I could do it or would know how to do it. Um, yeah. I love that. So cool. So how long ago was that 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 happened? We put on our first festival, I think it was 2016 in November. Yeah. So, you know, it's been a few years now and it's been like a full-on spiritual journey is the only thing that I can say. Um, I don't know about other event organisers, but I have found that if you put on a spiritual event, it's not like a normal event. Um, 
the universe will take you through your paces. <laughs> it's not. Um, it really is every event I put on as a spiritual journey and every theme, it's like a theme that I need to know and what I need to experience. And um, yeah, I feel like these events, I didn't understand it at the beginning, but they channel through. Um, so all the ideas, all the themes, they're coming from a higher place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really want to dive into that and talk about that a little bit more because that's definitely something that, I believe to be true for me in the way that I show up in my business and the messages that I communicate and the content that I create. And for a lot of people that I speak to, it's very true as well that, you know, going through any entrepreneurial journey, whether it's events, online, product-based business, whatever it is that you've got, there's so many lessons that come about the entire way through. And it's like literally the most awakening journey that you can do in stepping into something like this. Obviously, you know, you're showing up so much for other people, but the internal things that happen for you along the way are huge. What are some of the examples? Examples of things along the way, like lessons that you've learned going through this journey. Um, <laughs> there's so many. It's been um, it's ridiculous, to be honest with you. Um, if I said some of the stories that have happened to me, I think people would be shocked. If that makes sense. Like for example, my second event, I had a psychic reader um, and healer. Um, basically, I collaborated with a healing center. And they bought half the healers and readers and I bought the other half, um, part of my team. And I had one of the psychic reader healers actually physically attack me. So he actually assaulted me. Really? Um, at the end of the event, yeah. Not the one that I bought in, one from the healing centre. And at the time, funnily enough, Kate Williams, who I mentioned before, gave me that sole purpose reading. She's actually does has done every single event since my first one. So she was there. And a lot of people witnessed it and she looked at me and said, Brian, it wasn't your fault and um, this is going to get covered up. But what you need to know is um, you need to know that you need to choose the readers and healers at your events. You can't let other people choose them. And interestingly enough, because I thought at the time, as if this is going to get covered up, but funnily enough, that healing centre did. They didn't want to know about it. They didn't want to address it with me. Um, because I think that, re- that that guy makes them a lot of money. So they just didn't want to know about it, even though it, it was witnessed by them as well. So that was a, a learning for me that I have to choose and know every single reader and heal, energetic healer that I have at my events. And so that's a policy that I have now and so I kind of stand by the integrity of people I work with and I've discovered in this field um, there's there's actually not really any standards there's not really any boards to address like any other you know modality out there and so it's made me bring into my world and what I'm creating a standards of codes and ethics and practices um, that I brought with me for the practices and ethics that I have as a qualified nutritionist. So, you know, that was an awful experience when it happened. You know, it really affected me um, at the time, but um, I can see it set the foundation for a lot of the things that I do. So there was something, yeah, there was a lesson in it for me. Yeah, always. Hey, like there's always some sort of lesson or some sort of reason that it's happening, even if it's a horrible experience to go throughout the time. It gives you some sort of shift that supports you moving forward. So, yeah, sorry to hear that that happened. That's horrific. But obviously, (laughs) it's been, you know, foundational for you moving forward um, in terms of how you show up and who it is that you allow into that space, which is obviously going to cultivate a much better experience for everyone that's there. A hundred percent. And I want to protect, you know, the people that come to my events, you know, so that um, it wasn't obviously a lovely experience, but it was okay. Like I wasn't really harmed. And from it, I've gotten so many lessons and there's just so many things. Unfortunately, I think the universe thinks I need to learn by being slapped in the face, but you can't just whisper to me. It needs to like send the truck to hit me. And then I go, oh, okay. So that's happened to me a fair bit. <laughs> but, Oh, that'd be fine. You can just pass a little note. I know, just, (laughs) you know, obviously. (laughs) Oh, that's good though. That's honestly, I love your outlook with that. And it's something that I definitely live by as well. Like it's all happening for you, not to you, even when sometimes it feels like it is. Um, Definitely always a lesson in it. So no, that's super powerful. I want to go back to your 
the sole purpose reading that you had with Katie. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously at the time, like hearing that and then waiting, you know, a set amount of time, I think that you said it was a couple of years before you actually did anything with it. Mm-hmm. What happened in that time frame, and what, obviously, you know, you heard it then and then nothing really happened. And then obviously one day something's triggered in you or something happened, or maybe you got a sign that said, no, it's time, it's time to do this. What was that like? Do you feel like over the couple of years there was continuously signs showing up being like, Hey, this is a good thing for you. Or did it entirely go away? And then something triggered it later down the track. Uh, look, I was going through a divorce at the time. Um, so I a hundred percent wasn't in the space, um, to be able to do, um, anything. And I had a whole heap of, I knew I wanted to start a business once my divorce was finalized. Um, but that was a quite a long journey. And to be honest with you, I feel like the universe just kind of gave me crumbs that I was just picking up and, you know, following. Um, and there was no, you know, like it literally started because another friend of mine, Tom Davidson, um, he started Patch Cafe, the Paleo Cafe in Richmond, and he's a um, personal trainer. And he wanted to start something with me. Um, we were looking at doing some sort of healthy food kind of um, business. And he kept talking about this space that he had right near Patch. And so this space was just beautiful. And that kind of just fizzled us doing anything together. But it was that space that captured my imagination. And that's why I said to um, Tom, can I use that space for an event? And we, we ended up not using that space for an event um, because it got bigger and bigger and that space wasn't good, big enough. But it was like it started with one focus. I thought I was going in one direction and then suddenly something else materialised out of it. And, and to be honest, it actually came to me the idea to even create an event in that space from during a healing. I was having with a healer called Simone Harding, who happens to be doing actually on stage live readings at my upcoming event. But um, yeah, in her her healing, this whole idea of Soul Star came to me. So yeah. What was that like? Was it a bit scary when it first came up? Like, was there a lot of fear that came up or were you excited? How were you feeling when that idea first came through? Um, I felt excited. I, I certainly didn't think, I mean, I've had a million ideas in my life. Ideas are not hard for me to come up with. And, you know, you have a million ideas and then you think, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And then you don't. So I, like I said, it was just like this stepping stone that I was getting, you know, going along the way. And the next thing you know, there was an avalanche and I had to keep running and catching it. And I think that if I hadn't had that avalanche and had to step up and do what I needed to do, um, I probably wouldn't have done it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And it's funny, isn't it, how sometimes like things, you have like a bit of a seed of an idea for what something will be. And ultimately you just do it because it feels good to you and you feel called to it and you sort of just get started and it takes off bigger than you possibly would have thought. And then a few years down the track, you're like, wow, this is not what I necessarily planned for myself, but learning to trust in the divine flow of all of it and just knowing that you always end up exactly where you're meant to be, which I just love. Something Mm. that you talk about a lot is, you know, consciously creating your life based on your values. And I would love for you to dive into that a little bit and what that means for you and how our listeners can maybe start to implement some of that more conscious decision-making in their own lives. Okay. So, you know, that's where I talk about, I guess, manifestation, um, because a lot of people want to manifest something, you know, everyone talks about, you know, manifest that amazing life and they want, I don't know, that boyfriend or, you know, the, the certain car or job or, or whatever. And I actually think that it's more important, actually more fulfilling um, at a deep level to manifest based on your values. Because a lot of the time when we actually look at what are our true values, you know, what, if we wrote them down and we numbered them, like it might be family or it might be financial security or whatever it is, different might be love. But we might actually be making choices um, each and every day that are actually not in alignment with our true values. Mm-hmm. And so even if we do manifest things in our lives, we still don't feel satisfied at a deep level. So actually, if you look at what are my true values, you know, for an example, a man might say, or a father might say, you know, my, my values are my family, my values are my children. 
and therefore he might go and work his ass off in order to make all this money to provide for his family and children. But, you know, there gets to a point where, yes, he's provided enough and then there gets to a point where they're getting to excessive amounts of money. Um, but that is taking them away from their children and their partner and therefore when they really look at those decisions is it in value with family and connection so you know there will be a certain amount of work that he does that isn't in value with that because he needs to provide for them and he wants to give them everything that he wants to give them but then there's going to be another level where he's passed that he's achieved that and then it's like well actually is me trying to achieve more more zeros you know in my bank balance is that taking me away from my core values and then I wonder why my kids won't talk to me and my wife's, you know, whatever, that, oh, I've been doing all these things in my life for my family, but actually that's the thing that's taken me away from my family. Mm. So that's just one example. But a lot of the time we're making choices thinking it's for our value, but actually when we look at it, mm. it's not. So, Is this the thing that you've had to go through in your life with reevaluating your values? Um, definitely. I mean... For me, you know, a huge value for me, and everyone's different, um, is love. And that's, I know that sounds like a bit of a spiritual buzzword, but that is, for me, where I come from. And my, um, I sort of look at people that everyone comes from their strongest chakra. So everyone has their chakras, but one of them generally, maybe two, is their strongest. Um, and so, for an example, somebody who's a really good speaker will have a very strong throat chakra. For, for me, my, my heart chakra is where I come from. So it makes sense that my biggest value is love. So when I went through my divorce and I bought a new house, I decided when I was renovating it that, and this wasn't actually a decision, this was something that I channeled, the information that I channeled and decided to implement that in my life. And um, so everything I did, everything I chose in my life was based on love. I decided that um, it sounds really silly, but I was, you know, umming and ahhing about whether I got marble that was real marble in my kitchen or reconstituted marble yeah and that was my question to myself amongst other things with renovating my house and when I downloaded all this information it was like everything you do in your life every choice you make has to be based on love it has to be based on you know authenticity authenticity and what's real to you so the obvious choice for me was I had to go real I had to go something that was natural, like marble. And I literally went out to the factory and fell in love with a piece of marble that mm. I, you know, that part of my house do, I didn't have it. You know what I mean? And so I felt at the time that if I chose everything in my life based on love, including the friends I hang out with or a partner that I have, um, therefore the universe will give me more things to love so that was actually the start of even the downloads I was getting about manifesting in general um, so I chose to you know consciously create my life on that value mm. how do you feel that that has impacted like obviously you said you know choosing your relationship and your friendships from a place of love how did that impact the relationships that you already had before making that realization did you feel like they were in alignment or was it something that you had to release to make room for others like what was that like mm. so at the time when I got that download I was in a relationship with a boyfriend I was still going through my divorce I was or I was towards the end of it and I realized that I didn't really love him um I definitely I, I loved him but I I it wasn't, um, it, he was a it'll do at the time and we were a bit on and off and I realised that actually no, um, this was something that had to end because I, it wasn't um, something that was truly coming from my heart, you know. It was, um, so that actually prompted me to end a relationship because I, in some ways maybe I was being with him because I didn't want to hurt him. So, um, yeah, that started to reevaluate everything in my life and, yeah, making conscious choices based on that. So even, I guess, with what I do with um, my event, I, you know, I choose facilitators that I love. I choose, you know, like anything that really inspires me. Um, 
I choose based on that. So, and it's an inspiring way to live. I agree. I think it's very powerful. And I wanted to ask, you know, obviously with figuring out what those values are, I think it can, like you said before, you know, the example that you gave and you, you think you know what your values are, but you end up working in a certain direction. And then sometimes it might work out that, hey, this isn't actually aligned with my values. What are some of the things that people can do to actually figure out what those values are first and foremost, so that then they can start to align the rest of their life with it? So I've got another example of a, of a choice I've made with another value. So I have a value of financial stability. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to have enough money to do all the things that I want and need and I don't want to make tons of money and then spend heaps of it and lose it and have that, you know, I want it to create a stability in my life so I don't have to worry about it. So for an example, um, my boyfriend and I have moved out in the last few months together um, we've rented a place together and I, I own my house, but it wasn't big enough for him and my daughter and, and myself and his daughter. So we rented a place and the, the normal me, the me who's very spontaneous and very like, just likes to go with things, um, wanted to just sell my house. So I've got money to go put into something else. And mm-hmm. that was the thing I wanted to do, but I had to stop and go, no, okay, what are my values? Um, my value is financial stability. So how do you create financial stability in your life? Well, stability is about doing things that are measured. It's about um, doing things that support you that don't create instability because the quickest way the universe can give you instability in your life is to take money away from you. Mm-hmm. So I decided to, you know, I'm, I'm renting it out at the moment for a certain amount of time and to give me a more measured response to deciding is this relationship right? Is are our children getting along? All of those kinds of things, which goes completely against my natural nature, which is to just jump into something. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of making me go, okay, let's make a choice. What's the message I want to tell the universe? And sometimes it isn't your natural inclination. So yeah. Interesting. So interesting. And, you know, it's, it's a different take because obviously, you know, so much of it is encouraging, you know, come from a place of flow and like trusting what feels good. And this is a very, it's different because it's obviously, you know, this is might be what your natural decision is, but, you know, asking the other question and it's funny because I am, I would honestly say I'm basically the opposite and something that I am leaning into so much more is more of that flow and that intuitive guidance rather than being yeah. so from that head based space yeah. Um, yeah. is always good to have different sides of things and to look at things differently because obviously some people like to operate more from a head centered space and others from more of a heart centered space. Is that something that you sort of just kind of move through based on the situation? Well, I I understand what you're saying and that is what most people, you know, people who talk about manifestation, that is what's taught in the spiritual space. Mm -hmm. And what I started to download and and, and the information I started to get was is that um, we create our lives based on our habits. What we do consistently, what we do inconsistently tells a story to the universe of exactly what we want and it's based on our unconscious beliefs. Now, if we were to look at somebody, because um, I do, you know, a lot of my decisions are heart-based, you know, they yeah. are. Yeah, that's um, what I asked because I was like, the yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Like most of my decisions are made like that, especially with my business. But having said that, what we need to understand is that we don't just consciously manifest from our thoughts, which is what everyone is led to believe. We actually also manifest from our wounds from our unconscious belief, from our limiting beliefs, and they are unconscious. So if I was to look at, um, and a lot of the time, it's taught to us from our parents and what we saw from them. So um, I would say that there's two different types of people who have lots of money in this world. There are the type of people that are very good at making and keeping money, and it doesn't matter what they do. Um, no, no, I shouldn't. Yeah, they're very good at. They don't need to be particularly talented at anything. They don't need to be really good looking, charismatic. Just they're generally very measured and very good with money. Now, if you were to look at the BRW rich list, like the richest people in the world and the people who are very good at making money, you usually find that their their strongest chakra is their base chakra. Usually, they're reds. Mm-hmm. And these 
people are very pragmatic, they're very measured, um, they make decisions without emotion. Um, sometimes they're a bit ruthless, so that's not necessarily, you know, something that the heart-centred people would be into, but this is what they do. And what you find is, is that they're very good at making money and they're very good at keeping money. A lot of the time they've been in one relationship all their lives. Um, they've, yeah, they're, they're very measured. And um, then there's the people that are very good at making money because they're talented. These people could be good-looking, charismatic, um, amazing singers, athletes, you know, whatever it is, they could be intelligent, so they might be lawyers or whatever. But that doesn't necessarily, just because you can make lots of money doesn't mean you'll end up keeping it for your entire life and doesn't mean that money will not still be an issue for you at some point because you can make a heap of money, but if you spend more than you earn, you are still going to have financial issues. So I want to be, if I'm going to me um, measure aspire to be somebody i want to be the people that are very good at making it and keeping it my natural inclination is to be one of those people that are very good at making money but not necessarily good at keeping it mm -hmm. so these are the people that are you know the artists the creatives the you know um the people that you know are incredible at creating but they're not necessarily um they don't necessarily have a stable money story so my inclination when I look at my parents is that like my father, for example, he's, he made huge amounts of money. He's like an entrepreneur that, you know, is, was really inspiring, charismatic, good looking, but his money story was like up and down. Mm. And I look at, I had my father, ex-father-in-law is very wealthy, like extraordinarily wealthy. And I looked at him and he was very pragmatic with money and his, his money store is very stable. And I started to see that actually their actions, like my father was married and divorced four times. Mm. Now, that's not a story of stability. You know, my father did lots of things in his life and he led a very interesting life, but not necessarily one of finan a financial money story, even though he was a financial stability is what I was trying to say, even though he was very good at making huge amounts of money. So I recognise in myself that I'm much more like my father mm -hmm. and that I'm very good at creating things and making things happen, but I'm maybe not as good at being financially stable. So I'm going to consciously make decisions mm -hmm. based on my values, which might not be towards my natural inclination. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's a good example and I like going down this path. And I think, and I totally agree with what you're saying, right? But I do think that it is important to make the connection and sort of to just highlight that like the example that you're giving, it's not necessarily always true for every single person in that like, you know, people who are good at making money and keeping money are necessarily, they're not making decisions from an emotion-based perspective or they're not creative or things like that. Like I want to make sure that that doesn't get no, taken no. I know oh. that you're not saying, I just want to really just hone that in because yes. I agree with you in terms of the money story side of things where it's like people can be very good at making money, but their relationship with money and the way that they treat money from an energetic perspective, they then believe that they're not worthy of keeping it and things like that. So as much, you know, so much can come in, but then so much can go out and it comes down so much to our beliefs about money and whether we believe that there is always more than enough and believe in overflow and things like that. Or we have a story that deep down, like you said, on an unconscious level without even realizing it. And again, like you said, with a lot of the things that happen, you know, before the age of seven and you, you hold onto it on a subconscious level and you don't even know that it's affecting you. Um, those can obviously play into the stories that unconsciously we're telling ourselves, which affects, you know, the way that we believe about money and then it affects the way that we show up with money and the actions that we're taking and all those sort of things. So yeah, it is, I totally understand where you're coming from with this in terms of like, you know, acting from that heart centered place, but then also, in some sort of situations like going deeper and when you recognize you know a limiting belief or a fear that you have about some sort of story that you tell yourself having the awareness there to be able to ask the question the harder questions that then allow you to make the shifts the quantum shift so that you can then redefine the reality that you have is that kind of what you mean yeah um i mean i guess when i bring up money and it's because obviously i'm, I'm assuming your pod podcast and a lot of the you know people in this space you know are already heart-centered people 
Mm. So their natural inclination isn't, you know, like if I were to go find some of the, you know, the wealthiest people in, in the world, the very successful people, a lot of them haven't been sitting there and consciously trying to manifest their life. You know what I mean? Like they get out there and they do it. And so, you know, I like to, you know, the, the, the truth is, is that, you know, I'm around lots of healers, lots of psychics, lots of um, facilitators that are teaching manifesting and teaching about how to manifest money. But the truth is, is that they don't really have the kind of financial stability that some other people out there to have, mm-hmm. even though they know the formula for manifesting. And yeah. so why I, I use the example of people that have no idea about manifesting, but the truth is they are, because we're all manifesting all the time. Yeah. You know, the universe is happening for everybody. And so I use these examples because a lot of people have already mastered the whole intention. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they're concentrating on and they're forgetting that their actions speak louder than words. So, you know what I mean? So, you know, having integrity showing up not spent like a lot of the really wealthy people they actually are quite frugal they don't spend more than they make do you know what i mean so they're doing things like if you think about it if you've got lots of debt that's quite unsettling no matter how much money you make like that's a that's something that creates um an instability in your life and so that is going to have an energetic story so if you've got lots of debt out there you know what i mean um so that your actions what's going on in your world where there's some people that will go and buy something that's you know beyond their means because they're going i'm going to manifest and i'm telling the story that i can afford that do you know what i mean but actually they're putting themselves in debt and creating another story that unconsciously is actually i'm always going to be in a place of debt Mm. you've got to be yeah it's definitely a conversation that can go like this could become so big this entire conversation and it's something that you know sometimes a lot of the time the the beliefs of the collective like you know obviously there's a lot of beliefs about money and things like that and money mindset is something that I've done a lot of work in and those who listen know this story and I come from a very scarcity driven mindset you know growing up and things like that and the way that money was in my family um and so there are a lot of beliefs that do get thrown around that sometimes you know you know even the debt side of things like for me you know I am very big on not seeing debt as like a negative thing and not putting negative energy towards your debt because it is something you know you put negative energy towards money like obviously your relationship with it all those sort of things like Mm. it is one of those things where you know you could go in so many different directions in the debt you know in terms of you know the the physical with it being like you know debt you know how people look at it and they're like you know there's positive debt and there's negative debt and all these sort of things but then on an energetic perspective like seeing debt and celebrating it and looking at it as something that allowed you to do something and not looking at it as a negative thing but knowing that it allows you to take action towards something and then you're paying it off you know there's so many different directions that we can go with it but i definitely understand like where you're coming from with it as well and yeah it's it's just something that um like I said, it can go in a lot of different directions and I don't want to sort of perpetuate, I guess, the story that those who have money have to be frugal either because I don't no. believe it's true. Um, no. But I do understand what you're saying with the whole, there's a lot of people out there talking about manifestation and talking about money manifestation, all those sort of things, but haven't necessarily mastered that second element of it where it's like, yeah, you can call it in, but do you have the relationship with it where you retain money as well? So yeah, totally yeah. where you're coming from with and, that. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying for people to be frugal. I just use that as an example of that, you know, a lot of them are in terms of, they're not spending more than they need. And, and what I mean, you know, like I get what you're saying because debt is something that, I mean, a lot of the, you know, the wealthiest people in the world are in debt. That's how you can make lots of money yeah. is by consciously going, I'm going to put money here, put money there and not and make it work for me. So that is completely, that's a totally different thing. That's making debt work for you. I'm more talking yeah. about the people that are set, like keeping up appearances and buying yeah. all this stuff um, in order to, be a certain way when they actually truly can't afford to do that and, and what that pressure of that does to your, your energetic story. But I totally agree with you and I feel like there's a balance between truth and also, you know, yes, not get getting bogged down in negativity and everything like that. And I think my story is really trying to get people to a really grounded perspective of manifesting because a lot of people are already up in the air with you know putting out that intention and doing all of that kind of thing and I find that people 
um, have a hit and miss experience when it comes to manifesting. So they'll, mm. they'll manifest something and go, oh my God, I got everything. It was incredible. And then they'll actively try and manifest something else and it won't work. And they don't know why. And so what I've found with my, you know, with this formula, I, I, my formula is mm. um, liking manifestation to a cupcake. So mm. the cake is the action and the icing is your intention. So without the cake, the icing would have nothing to stick to. And without the um, icing, the cake would be boring. So you need to do both. So a lot of the time when you manifest something because you had an intention and it worked, you go, oh, my God, manifesting works. What you have negated the fact is that you already had that cake, that you were already baking it through your actions and when you, your intention made it fly, essentially. Mm. But when you just have the intention and you haven't got been baking that cake, mm. you've got nothing for that icing to stick to. And yeah. that's what I'm trying to... I guess, drum into people that it's actually about the cake and then the icing is like essentially the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And it's, I'm definitely big on that. It's what I'm all about is like blending the woo with the work and the spirituality and the strategy side of things. And law of action is so important to me, which everybody knows if they're listening to this podcast for a while. I'm very big on helping people to understand that like, yes, law of attraction is amazing and the energetic work is so foundational. And I truly believe that no amount of strategy can be outdone by spirituality if you don't have that aligned foundation first you can't really build on top because it needs to be in alignment you need to do that inner work first but so yeah. i love the analogy too it's nice and easy to understand <laughs> yeah so it's like if you're sitting on the couch trying to manifest and think that you want a billion dollars mm -hmm. but you're just sitting on the couch you know like good luck to you no one's gonna throw it in your window <laughs> no no one's gonna nice give it to you so that's why you know intention on its own doesn't work and that's why you know if you're doing the work if you want to be a famous actor you know you're going to the acting classes you're showing up to auditions you know you're putting your heart and soul into it you put the intention with your action then magic can happen but if you're not showing up and doing it and you're just going to sit there and try and manifest it um mm. it's, it's just not going to happen Mm, yeah and the action side of things to me i it's so funny that you've got the cake analogy because i have a cake analogy as well and i always but it's not, it doesn't have to be a cake but like baking something and i always say like you are the oven so like essentially like you can have all of the ingredients and the universe can put the flour and the eggs and the water and the milk and all the stuff in front of you but if you don't put all of that stuff together and put it in the oven then ultimately you're not going to have the cake and that's it's so funny our, our analogies are so aligned because i'm like well you're the oven so if you want basically like you've got to look at it like universe is one half and you're the other and if you mm. want things to manifest fast for you then come to the table like meet the universe halfway and then that's super powerful and don't get me wrong like the action work can be the inner work as well you know doing the inner work for yourself where it's you know you're doing the inner work on the belief system that you have, you know, maybe it's in relation to, to money or, you know, anything, what you believe to be possible for you in terms of success or abundance or the impact that you can have. Like sometimes the action is actually doing the inner work, sitting down, doing the journaling, all that sort of things in order to shift the beliefs that you have to allow it to be possible. So there's lots of different forms that action can take as well. A hundred percent. Cause I also believe you, cause the manifestation, there's so many layers to it. Mm. you know and I, and i really and that's where I, I think i mentioned before the the wounds the limiting beliefs that yeah. you know you are manifesting from that and that's why i'm so passionate about energetic healing as a tool yeah. so you know that's where you go in that's where you find the wounds that's where you find those limiting beliefs or those things that are holding you back where you are manifesting from because i think the thing is though is when something shows up in your life and it's not necessarily a welcomed thing you know people sit there going oh my god what did i think what did i do how did i make yeah. this happen and you didn't necessarily do that that's just the universe showing you a mirror saying look at how you feel about yourself at a deep level yes do you know what i mean and that's when you need to go to the inner work and that's where i say that you you it's very you've got to be careful saying to people that you manifest based on what you think because then they're sitting there going oh, what did i do to deserve this mm -hmm. why have i done this but it's not necessarily something that you thought of. It's something that unconsciously you have this deep belief ingrained in yeah. you that is ready to be seen and ready to be released. Yes, 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 yes. And because it's happening on the unconscious level, you don't necessarily know until it's in front of you. But realizing and taking the awareness and the ownership that it literally is a reflection 
of what's going on for you internally on an unconscious level sometimes can be the hardest thing in the world to see and to you know to take ownership of but ultimately when you do that's going to be what's going to open you up to the shifts that you need to make to allow yourself to call in all of what you desire and are worthy of so love that it's really good it's a great perspective to look at as well because i think as you said like sometimes especially if you're new to the world of manifesting and understanding energy and the inner work and all that sort of stuff you know you can hear that that it is just like oh focus on what you think and like you said there is a lot more to it so understanding that and not you know harboring any guilt or feeling bad or worried or anything like that because that's only going to lower your vibration anyway <laughs> um so again I, I love that speaking of the tools side of things so i would love to know any like rituals tools that you have whether it's for the manifestation side of things or whether it's for moving through some of the fears and the unconscious wounds that you that you might have had or had to deal with so um, I've probably got a few answers to that. There's lots of things that I do do. Um, if I were to, and, you know, I've done a lot of healing work, you know, and I know how to do a lot of self-healing work. So if something comes up where I get triggered, I will go into meditation and I will either go and talk to that wound and try and understand what it is, or I will um, clear myself. And, you know, the thing is, is that when we get triggered, a lot of the time we get triggered into our child, our inner child, mm -hmm. especially if we had a bit of a, um, a, a you know, tougher upbringing. Mm -hmm. um, so I will bring in my adult self and bring myself up to now so my adult self can deal with that. So I'll do a lot of, you know, inner energetic work um, whenever something does come up. And that doesn't mean that it won't come up again. It doesn't mean I get to release it all in that moment, but I will go within and kind of try and understand and bring awareness to it. And I really believe that, you know, when people talk about being conscious or being woke, that's what it is. It's not about understanding conspiracy theories or something like that. It's actually having some self-awareness and, and that being revealed to you um, as you go through life. So we get more and more revealed, more of ourselves and more of our blind spots, you know, the further we go along. So I know that I've had so much revealed to me, but I know that there's still more to be revealed and maybe it'll be for the rest of my life. Um, the other thing is, is that when I talk about manifesting, um, rather than creating vision boards, which is what a lot of people talk about, um, I talk about a sacred space, which is the place that you live. It's, um, it could be if you've got an apartment, it might be just, you've just got a bedroom or you might have an entire house. But I would say that your sacred space um, tells the universe exactly how um, you feel about yourself. So you're having a relationship with yourself, with every choice that you make in your life. So if you have a look at your cupboards, how cluttered are they? What is it that you're hiding um, from yourself or from others based on looking at what your cupboards look like? Mm. You know, what does the front of your house look like and how does that represent what you portray to the world? You know, what does it look like within your house? You know, how do you quickly clean up when people come over or is it always clean? Mm. Um, what relationship do you have with everything you buy? Do you truly love it or do you not? How safe do you feel in your house? Because... These are all the things that uh, you are manifesting from. You know, do you make your bed when you get up in the morning or do you, do you leave it? You know, all of these actually tell a story to the universe. And so if you want to change your life or shift energy, you know, clean out a cupboard. That's, you know, that's what I, yeah, talk to people about. <laughs> I love that. You need to like Marie Kondo your life. <laughs> But like seriously, yeah, totally. like I agree with that so much. When we moved down from um, up near Brisbane down to Melbourne, that's something that James and I did. We went from a four-bedroom house to a one-bedroom apartment. And for us, well, basically, we didn't even know we were going to have the one-bedroom apartment, but we had an idea. And we just decided before we left, like, everything's going. Like, we're having the, the world's biggest clean-out. We sold everything. We donated so much. We got rid of just basically everything. We came down with one trailer. <laughs> we drove down. And it was the most cleansing experience of my life. And I truly believe that my vibration was so elevated by that experience. And it's something that we've been so intentional in setting up the apartment that we have now, which I love and I adore and I just feel so good in this space. 
you know, for me, it's, I didn't feel that good in the last place. You know, I, for me, it had a lot to do with the clutter and the shit that we were holding on to and all these sort of things. And letting go of it was very releasing and it just felt so good. So that when we came down, now everything that we've got, I do truly love. You know, I'm not holding on to things just because I've got them and it's a habitual thing. It's, it's intentional. And I think that that's reflected, obviously, in, you know, the way that you hold your life and the way that you show up. And obviously, it's got to do with the manifesting side of things as well. So love that. Yeah, well, you, you've experienced it at a first-hand level, you know, getting, like, you created the ability to bring new energy into your life. You know, you can't bring anything new in when you're holding on to all totally. the old. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's so ritualistic to just release so that you can make way for better things. Yeah, and it's practical, and you get a clean house while you're at it. Yeah, true. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love this conversation so much. I'm so excited for your event coming up. It's it's in March, isn't it? Yes. Uh, it's the 1st of March. Um, it's at the Timber Yard in Port Melbourne, which I don't know if you've been to or not. It's a new venue and it's about a year old and it's this beautiful warehouse with like shipping containers and polished concrete floors and there's plants everywhere and bits of art and outside there's just this massive big grass area and bar and it's just really cool space in the industrial area of Port Melbourne so I just fell in love with it um, and weirdly it's very similar looking to the very first venue I used which I loved so um, it just felt like home when I saw it um, and we have you know workshops and classes and talks going all day long so outside we have yoga and qigong and chakra dance and like a cacao celebration and a big mass meditation and then um, we've got a workshop space and we've got all day long different 40-minute sessions like crystal intention setting and um, empowerment for empaths and look upstairs we've got a meditation healing space so we've got reiki practitioners doing reiki while people they get led through a meditation we've got different um, healing meditations led by different master healers mm. and then we've got the stage downstairs and we've got um, talks going all day long like talks about you know um, I think there's like a, a, a kinesiology um, session with the whole audience and there's talks on um oh, <laughs> i'm just trying to remember um oh i can't even think of them there's too many in my head they'll come, they'll come back to me yeah and then we've got we've got a big market space for people to you know have vegan donuts and freshly squeezed juices and yeah, there's just heaps going on. So I'm very excited about it. It sounds magical. Just hearing about it, I'm like, oh, it just feels so lovely. Like I just can imagine and visualize the whole thing. So if it's that good in my head, I feel like it's going to be very, very good in real life. <laughs> so I'm super excited for you. We'll link um, that down in the show notes as well. So it's super easy for people to go and check it out and get tickets if they want to go. Um, but honestly, love, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been so enjoyable. I love the conversation and the way that it went. It was um, definitely... I love when conversations go kind of in a different direction to maybe what you thought they were going to and it sort of brings up different beliefs and challenges different things and thought patterns that's just going to help a lot of listeners but thank you so much for coming on and sharing thank you for having me it's been a pleasure let everybody know where they can connect with you online as well and we'll be sure to link that one in the show notes as well so on Instagram and Facebook we are at Soul Star Festival and online where um, soul-star.com.au Perfect. Awesome, darling. We will link all of that. Thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with me in today's episode. Because you're a part of the collective, I know you're a visionary woman ready for more and I'm here to remind you that the world needs your life. If you love this episode or know somebody who would, please share it to your IG stories and tag me at TayRayOfficial. And if you want to show some love for the podcast, please head on over and leave a five-star review on iTunes and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss all of the magic coming here soon. For more support, check out the episode show notes, my courses, services, and digital products by heading over to taylorray.com.au. Big love, babe. And until then, go and shine that beautiful light. The world is waiting for you.